Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Gadgets and gizmos, two for the price of one and two... People for the price of one, Simon Rose and Steve Kaplan. What more could you want? Have you finished? Well, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, going, I'm going away into a corner to have a lie down now. <laughs> I mean, if you'd say you're a gog, that's what you usually do. I, I know. Well, I'm trying desperately to think of something else apart from a gog. Yeah, okay. I'm still right. working on it then. I'm going to issue a range of a gogs in time for Christmas. I think you should do that. Uh, so, where is William Shatner boldly going next? Well, I saw this story. He's going into space, He's going finally. It's about time, too, for a starship captain. Well, Fabulous. No, he really, well, that was a documentary, wasn't it, Star Trek? <laughs> I hope he wears his uniform. Oh, my God. Well, I'm not sure he'll fit into it anymore. Oh, possibly not. He might have put on a little bit of avoir du poids over the years. I'm sure Amazon could supply him with a plus-size captain's uniform. Well, it is splendid. But, I mean, gosh, talk about... Excitement. I mean, who? Yes. It's At least 90. So he will be, I think, am I right? I think the oldest person ever to have gone into space. Yes, yes. Well, I hope he's in training. Oh, well, gosh. I mean, what training can you do other than training to sit there and not uh, not be terrified? Oh, uh, well, I believe even astronauts who just go up and don't do very much of the pressing the buttons have to actually train. It's not the easiest thing in the world. There's quite a lot of acceleration involved, I believe. How do you train for acceleration? You try and get your body used to it, I think. Oh. Things like centrifuges and the vomit comet, um, oh. where you experience weightlessness and things like that. Yes. Yeah. But ultimately, he's just going to sit. But yes. He is, yes. The I trouble guess. is, if you don't actually do any training, and suddenly you think, oh, I don't like this, you can't really get out. No. <laughs> he's not like a fairground ride where you can wave to the man. It's only oh. 11 minutes in total, though, isn't it? So no, and he, yeah. But he's going to have to keep a pretty stiff upper lip throughout, you think? He certainly is, yes. 90s probably, probably wear brown trousers as well. <laughs> yes. So, while we're up in space, mm. uh, director Klim Shipenko, who you probably haven't heard of, together with the actor Yulia Proesild, who you probably also haven't heard of, despite being a film mm. buff, mm. They have just headed off. They've landed at the International Space Station to make the first movie in space. Yes. yes. It's, it was a, going to be it's a bit of a spoiler, Cruise. isn't it? Because there was going to be another first movie in space with people I had heard of. Tom Cruise was going to do it with uh, NASA and SpaceX. Yes. Uh, but they've beaten them to it. And the Russians are desperate to try and get back into the space race because they used to have the only contract to take people to the International Space mm. Station. But now, of course... All and sundry are taking people up there. I imagine Uber will be doing it fairly soon. Yes. Yeah, well, yes. William Shatner's probably going to pop in to say hello. So he said, wouldn't that be good? Oh, imagine if you're... <laughs> yeah, knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> knock on the door. Yes. yes. However, uh, it turns out, it's a dangerous place, space. Ooh. There are 26,000 near-Earth objects up there. 
of which 4,700 are described by NASA as potentially hazardous, meaning any one of those nearly 5,000 potentially hazardous objects could at any moment crash into the Earth and produce mass extinction on a scale of the, that wiped out the dinosaurs. I know that. I've been to the movies. You've been to the movies. So what are NASA doing about it, I hear you ask? Well, I'll tell you what they're doing about it. They're going to fire a rocket at an astronaut. At an astronaut? They're not going to fire a rocket at an astronaut. asteroid. I hope not. I mean, it's dangerous enough going to space as it is. But no, that would be even worse. Yes, at an asteroid. It's an uh, asteroid called, or an astronaut, no, it's an asteroid called Dimorophos. Dimorophos. Talking of which, why um, why, why are Russian astronauts called cosmonauts? Why aren't they just called astronauts? Um, because we don't, don't use know. other, you know, we don't call Russian train drivers whatever the Russian for train driver is. I don't know. So why don't we just call astronauts astronauts? Because that's the English for cosmonaut. Well, for probably the same reason we don't call Paris Paris. No, but that's be... exactly it. If yeah. we did call it Paris, then we could call them cosmonauts, but we call it Paris. So let's call them astronauts. Anyway, they run, they're, they're heading for this moon called Dimorophos, which is uh, a moon described as the size of a football stadium, which I find a very, very confusing way to describe anything. Yeah. Big. I know how big a... Yes, big. But a football stadium, I mean... Could be anything from... Yeah. From Yes. It could be could be Blackburn Rovers or it could be Arsenal, which is bigger. Exactly. Yes. Or it could be Wembley, which is huge. Yeah. Anyway, it's, let's say a Wembley-sized moon, which is orbiting around an asteroid called Didymos... And uh, right. it's seven seven million miles away, and without even asking Didymos if they mind, they're going to blow up this moon. Well, they're I going to try. It's seven million miles away. They've got to target it pretty well, you'd think. Yes, they target it. What they don't do is set the target from the Earth, fire it off, and sit back and hope it gets there. It's a bit like you know, if you you drive your car to your office, and when you get there. You manage to park between two other cars without hitting either of them. Hmm. You make adjustments, you know, as you go along. No, you? No, no. Well, I, I wish them luck. It is, one would think, having been to lots of movies, rather more sensible to try this when it's not actually crucially time sensitive. Yes. Uh, and the entire <laughs> fate of the planet is not resting on it. Whereas, of course, in all the movies, that's exactly the problem. Like Armageddon, imagine, for instance. Imagine if there were life on Didymos and you're standing there one day and suddenly your moon explodes. I'm assuming if it's the size of Wembley Stadium, there's probably not much life on it. The moon is the size of Wembley Stadium, but Didymos, if it, if it captures oh, such see. a moon, oh, yes. it must be slightly bigger. Mm. Yes, I suppose so. Anyway, let's get back down to Earth after our little space jaunt. Fun though it was. Well, perhaps if they, if they see oh. banners saying, go home, Earthmen, they'll call it off. They probably, <laughs> they probably will. <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're lodging a, a notice somewhere. For the attention of Didymos, we're going to blow up your moon. Yes. Any any uh, any comments on this proposed redevelopment should be addressed to yes. uh, NASA. Yes. On See country. the first episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Exactly. Yes. Let exactly. us let us move on. Well, why do we have one of these sort of rather nice electronic sounds? Which sure sounds rather like Didymos being exploded. It does. It yes. does. I have a new website to share with you. Oh. It's called, I suppose it's pronounced Jack, although it's spelled J-A-A-Q. Mm. But it's J-A-A-Q stands for Just Ask a Question. Mm. And it is an interactive website for people with psychological disorders. Right. 
Uh, what happens is you... No, wait. When you say you've got it for me, you mean me personally? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> for, for you being the oh, wider I, you. Oh, I see. Okay. Radio yeah, right. Okay. Yep. Hmm. And you ask it questions. You physically speak to it. Hmm. And then there are various videos of experts who will help you out. Among the experts are the rather surprising um, people such as depression. One of the people answering questions on depression is Alistair Campbell. The Alistair Campbell. The Alistair Campbell. Yes. Do you have a d degree in depressive disorders? No, he doesn't. But he talks about how his depression fueled his creativity. Oh. Interesting. Okay. One of the people answering questions on psychosis is David Harewood, the actor. Hmm. So as well as all the boffins, uh, one boffin I will give a shout out to is my friend Professor David Veal, who is an expert in oh, yes. OCD and body dysmorphic disorder. Yes, yes. And uh, this is how I got to hear of it. And uh, it's, it's a beautifully designed website. It is um, uh, very, very nicely put together. When you, when you land on there, you have to tell them you know, how old you are, things like that. But then you see these experts just sitting on chairs twiddling their thumbs waiting for you and you pick your expert and you ask a mm. question and then they they answer it's very very nicely done and it is put together by a chap called danny gray now i hadn't heard of danny gray but danny gray it turns out runs a, a website and it is a shop called war paint for men mm -hmm. war paint for men being makeup oh right yes this is apparently, he claims, the world's first makeup store for men, whether physical, like a physical mm. place in Carnaby Street or indeed uh, online. Did you buy any? Well, I, I didn't. I, I couldn't really imagine wearing makeup. I mean, he does give a lot of videos showing how men should apply makeup. Yes. Uh, which is probably second nature to many of the women who would be watching or probably not watching since they're not interested. But um, I thought it was quite interesting. The trouble is, of course, most of his target market have huge bushy beards these days and so require 50 percent yeah. less of his makeup than they otherwise would mm, that's true mm. that's true though of and course they might want to dye their beards he might be able to offer them something for that i don't no, know no, i should no, go no, and have a look um, i should go have, have a look. look have a look anyway wallpainterman.com is his site i'm giving him a shout out because after all he is providing this just ask a question site absolutely for free and it's a splendid idea and i really wish it luck jaaq.co.uk and um, even if you don't suffer from a, quite a, a, a narrow range at the moment, but growing range of, uh, of mental health problems, do take a look because it is a really well-designed website. And I don't say that often enough. OK, well, that's perhaps a good moment for me to play this and we'll take a little breather. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. You're listening to Gadget and Gizmos on Share Radio. So where now? Well, <coughs> you like music? We all like music. You like classical music? I like music some music. Yes. 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 But I bet you haven't heard Beethoven's 10th yet. 
No, I haven't. Yeah, he, no. he died before he finished it. He did die before he finished it, but he did start it. It's now been finished. Mm-hmm. It's now been finished by Deutsche Telekom, who have invested in an AI solution. And they fed this AI. Can, can we pause for a moment? Yes. If you'd said it's been finished by British Telecom, the whole world would fall over laughing. But somehow we're supposed to take Deutsche <laughs> You see? Well, somehow yes. we're supposed to take Deutsche Telekom seriously, because they're German. That's true. That's and Beethoven was also German. Also, because they sound a little bit like Deutsche Gramophon, who, of course, we oh, recognise so. as a... But, but, but Elgar never finished his third symphony, and that's been finished, but it certainly wasn't done by British Telecom. He was no. really taking it seriously. No, that's absolutely true. Yes. It's a man called Payne, I think. I can't remember his first name. Okay. Hmm. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. I realised no, no, it just no, suddenly struck me. Anyway, the premiere, the world premiere, is on the 9th of October, and you can listen to it for free at magenta-music with a K hyphen 360 in numbers dot DE. Right. Which is a slightly clumsy way of saying magenta music 360, but there we go. Uh, especially as there are, as you pointed out, many ways of making URLs a great deal easier yes. to cope with than this. Yes. Oh, well. Many, okay. many ways. That what they're doing? MM360, I'm sure, is available. They could have had that, couldn't they? Yes. Well, I mean, by the time many people hear this, it will already be possible to listen. I'm assuming you listen and catch up and don't have to actually attend the live performance, but I would be intrigued to, yes, to hear what it is. I. I look forward to it. Do you think AI is... I mean, I've seen people in the press saying like, AI can't possibly produce a you know, a work to rival what Beethoven would actually have meant. Possibly not. You, we've had AI, AI composed music on here before, and we haven't exactly been, uh, you know, enthralled uh, no, by it. No, but this is AI music that has been fed all the works of Beethoven, plus all the works of Beethoven's influences, oh. be it now Bach and, and Handel and whoever, and uh, possibly a little bit of Scarlatti and Mozart thrown in. And well, I look forward to it. In fact, I shall be with you. We will be yes. together on the night. We'll have a listen. Yes. If only. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. If only, of course, instead of giving all those monkeys typewriters, they give them sort of quills and manuscript paper. Who knows exactly. what music we've got? Exactly. Yes. They don't think properly, these scientists. They really don't. Not ambitious enough. Right. What next? Uh, Netflix is moving into gaming. And they have bought Night School Studio, which is a, a, a gaming company. Mm-hmm. And they are making the Stranger Things game. Stranger mm-hmm. Things, of course, being one of their big hits, their homegrown it hits. Was. Uh, Very a couple enjoyable. Of years ago. Yeah. Very enjoyable. And they've already launched the game in Poland, apparently. They've also, Netflix, paid £500 million for the entire gaming rights to Roll Dull. The gaming rights or the, enti- mm. or the rights to everything? The gaming rights. Not filming. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm. Extraordinary. It is. It's extraordinary. So I think we can expect uh, quite a lot of Roald Dahl games to be uh, to be popping up. That's it. Well, I'm, I'm sure they'd be incredibly popular, you would have thought. I mean, we're assuming that his children's stories rather than the more tales of the unexpected type thing, but who knows? Oh, that would be good. That Wouldn't that be good? Tell, tales of the Unexpected was a fantastic... For, those, for our younger listeners, <laughs> Tales of the Unexpected was a TV series that ran in the 70s, I think. Yes, that's probably mm. right. And probably still around on some channel or other. I was listening to a radio version um, narrated by Charles Dance only recently. I think it was quite oh. old, but it had been repeated. But uh, yet still very, very good. Oh, you must tell me where you got that, because um, I'd like to have a, li- like to have a listen to that. Yes, I'll do that. Perhaps we should talk about that afterwards. Okay. Yes, indeed. Yep. Super. Moving along, 
Um, yes, let's get into shopping, shall we? Ocado. Ocado have announced that they're going to be doing driverless food delivery in the UK in two years' time. Hmm. Assuming, I can't have they got permission to do that, well, though? Not yet, but they say they're going to. They've invested £10 million in a company called Oxbotica, who are you know, one of the UK's leading authorities on driverless transport. It does but, sound like odd, odds bodskins, though, sort of a modern does. version, doesn't it? Yes. It does. But the curious thing is that one of Ocado's unique selling points is the fact that when they deliver your groceries, they bring them into your house in the multicolored bags that indicate where they should be stored and put them on your <laughs> kitchen table. And yes. if it's if it's a driverless delivery, I can't really see the, the, the van climbing up your stairs and then opening your fridge. No. Well, perhaps it can be a little bit like driverless trains when they first turned up in the UK. The union said insists that the drivers actually be there. It must have been very boring mm. not driving a driverless train but they were still there for a while maybe they'll just sort of go along for the ride and then do the chirpy cheerful bit at the end i don't know it's don't odd know. Yeah. it is odd well they could sit in the back and they could chomp away on on whatever groceries you'd order <laughs> and tell you they're out of or stock. telling the autonomous driver just how badly they would do it. <laughs> i wouldn't do that if i was you you should turn <laughs> yes. left back there <laughs> yes yes okay Meanwhile, also yes. in the shopping arena amazon is opening an electronics store uh, it's opening it in the Blue Water Shopping Centre in uh, Thurrock, I think it is, mm-hmm. east of London. Uh, and they call it Four Star, and it will stock 2,000 of the most popular Amazon products, which mm. I think is a good idea because the, the real problem with buying things like electronics, phone cases, the like online, is you can't see them before you buy them. And since all of these electronic devices are essentially the same thing in different shaped boxes. Mm. Uh, you, you really want to get your hands on them and see what they feel like. So I think though you can't help feeling there would be a technological solution to that, at least offering a chance to, you know, see something you could re- revolve online so you can actually have a good look at it, even if you can't touch it. Yeah, it's not the same as actually touching no, it. I, suppose not. I saw, I think, an executive from Curry's, who presumably are not very happy about this whole thing, but saying, yeah, but one of the problems is that there are so many fake reviews on Amazon. You know, what they might be doing is pushing products that aren't really particularly good. Yeah, you've talked about this in the past. Yes, indeed. Now, there are review farms that will mm. plant fake reviews for you and then nurture them until they grow and then harvest them. Now, mm. I think that you can stretch the metaphor quite that far. <laughs> I was busy trying to work on something along the same lines. But intriguing. Blue Water, not a place I've yet been. No, nor I. Fills me with horror the absolutely idea I, of the place. I, I hate shopping centers yes so I but when they open there. in the west end you'll no doubt be there oh absolutely i'll be first in line so what are you going to be first in line for next well line being the operative word in this case leaves on the oh so leaves on the line how often have you been on a train and had your train is cancelled because of Leaves on the line. So it never happens in Sherlock Holmes stories. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Maybe and yet, trains... as far as I'm aware, you know, trees still had leaves in those days. Yes, but maybe the steam trains somehow push. The... They have those cow catches on the front, don't they? Maybe they somehow push the uh, <laughs> leaves out of the way in the same. I don't know. Anyway, so the the standard method of getting rid of leaves on the line is they have special mm. trucks, special trains with uh, high-pressure water jets 
that mm. blast the leaves, and then um, a mixture, a gel made of sand and steel grains that they blast right. on them to, to try and prevent the leaves from from settling again, or to clear all the all the residue because you left by the, the the watery leafy mush. Mm. There is a new system which is being developed by the University of Sheffield, which is really clever. They blast dry ice pellets onto the rails, and this makes the leaves brittle. Mm. When the dry ice turns back into gas, it explodes, disintegrating the leaves. Ingenious oh. or what? Come on, that's ingenious. Yes, that does seem to be very mm. clever, if it's practical. Well, I mean, how, I, I don't know how easy it is to fire dry ice pellets on well, the Well, they're rails. trialing it now, um, and the advantage is that uh, it, it doesn't damage the rails in the way that this mixture of sand and steel grains yes, yes. does. And it can be done several times a day if necessary. So I think, yes, yes, let's um, wish them luck with that, because I think it's a great idea. Okay. Hmm. Uh, let us move on to our crowdfunding. Oh, Time of the <laughs> yes. week. I know how your speech gets slower and slower as it I'm does. busy trying to find the right button. Here we go. What have you got for us this week? Suitcases. We all need suitcases. We the do. trouble with suitcases is they're great when you're travelling. When you're not travelling, you've got to put them somewhere. And the bigger the suitcase, the harder it is to put somewhere, obviously. Yes. Introducing yes. Unless it's so big you can sleep in it, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's let's just move on from that idea. <laughs> All right. The uh, the Lito case. Mm. The Lito case is a collapsible suitcase. It's on Kickstarter, and fully open. It's uh, twenty eight centimeters uh, thick. Uh, they also do a carry on version that is twenty five centimeters thick, so it'll fit into mm. you know Ryanair, EasyJet, whatever. Mm. Um, and they both collapse down to 15 centimetres thick when you're not using them. So I don't know if you can visualise that, but it goes from yes. too big to be able to store easily. No, down to just less than, less than half, about half the size, yes, oh, in so both directions, which no, is you, quarter the size, I suppose. No, in just thickness. Oh, just OK. Thickness, just literally is that enough to make it worthwhile? Well, it means you can tuck it behind a sofa. You can probably put it in a drawer. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I think yeah. it's quite a clever idea. It, anyway, the, it's on uh, the moment on Kickstarter for €295. Euros, that's about £250, which is quite a lot for a suitcase, even if it is yes. a collapsible suitcase. And check it out on Kickstarter. You have until the 14th of October in case you mm. fancy getting one of these little gadgets. While we're on the subject of suitcases... Um, they are very different than they used to be when we were young and our parents were doing the lifting the suitcases because in those days none of them had wheels. No, and as far didn't. as I can tell, nobody has ever claimed credit for being the person who invented wheels and suitcases, which yeah. make the whole thing much easier, has probably yes. saved an absolute fortune in every country around the world on medical treatment for bad backs yes. and probably other, other problems. And they ought to be lauded to the, to the heavens, but, but we don't know who it was. Plus the suitcases were made of leather. And because they were no such thing as carry-on, they were vast. Yes. And I remember going on a holiday, we had you know, a dozen suitcases in the, in the family, and there was usually a porter at the uh, train station or the airport or wherever. Or even the railway stations, they or say, even, in Great Britain. Yes. 
What did I say? Or train stations. Americanism, I think. I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle, but I will. You really are, aren't you? I yes, I am. I know, I know that it's one or the other, and I know that you despise <laughs> the other one, but I always forget which one I'm supposed to use. Oh, I should probably give up on that one. Yeah. Um, yes, I don't ever recall Paul. So there you are, the railroad platform. <laughs> and uh, Casey so- Jones ready to, to <laughs> press the throttle. Yes, exactly. I know. Um, yeah, well, extraordinary. Okay, that seems quite, quite a good, good idea. Mm. Uh, so... What now? Uh, let us finish with um, Alexa, you know, the Amazon Echo device. If anyone has an Alexa present, I apologise for saying Alexa three times. Yes, because um, it will suddenly start doing things. It will it? suddenly start yeah. doing things. Uh, one of the nice things about Alexa is that you can drop in on Alexas around your home or indeed in homes of your family and you can you can say things. Yeah. As a, uh, a, a chap discovered when his ex-girlfriend started accessing uh, his Alexa device, turning the lights on and off from her own home a hundred miles away, Ooh. and shouting at his new girlfriend, saying, "Get that whore out of here!" Good grief! Which, and uh, and anyway, he he took her to court, as you can well imagine, and she said, "No, no, no! She only used the system to check on her diabetic support dog while she was in hospital." Ah, <laughs> uh, the That's judge. The judge said, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and sentenced her to a three-month suspended sentence. Right, I'm very careful about it, Alexa. Yes, I've forgotten. You can use them for talking one to another in the home, can't you? Yes. I completely forgot yes. that and rang somebody the other day who was in another room because it was easier. Um, completely forgetting. I shall try that out this very weekend. You do Steve that. Kaplan, thank you very much. That's it for this week's edition of Gadget and Gizmos. We'll be back with more the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.